but just don't be surprised if they don't keep him on the initial 53-man roster. To that, many people will say, well, he's not going to make it to the practice squad. That's why you got to keep him. He's not going to clear waivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome in to the Hot Read Podcast for Monday, August the 28th. I'm your host, Easton Fries, Director of Published Content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Fries. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on social media at JT underscore Runky. JT, how was your weekend? Happy Monday. The preseason is officially over. It is officially over, and we are in dead week now. But, like, also, I just, like this is going to be a very bad take and I already know it's going to be a very bad take. <laughs> okay. But like college football's back, man. Like, mm-hmm. but like, I, I just don't care about it. So many people this weekend were like, college oh, football is back. Let's at go. At all or week yeah. zero? No, I just like, don't care, man. Like, I'm, yeah, I mean, bad take, not caring at all. I, I mean, week zero. Yeah. I just don't, like, don't care I don't know. That. The only time I care about college football is, March, those two weeks in March and the weeks leading up to that, where I get to just watch the games again. Like what? Well, just watch the games before in March prep, you mean? in draft prep oh, instead of oh, watching them yeah. now, you know, <laughs> like be, might as well just, just be that. like four months late to all the footage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then I don't um, have to watch the games twice. I mean, do you, man, uh, <laughs> if, you, if the NFL is your thing, then that's your thing. It's my thing. I watch college football for good games and when there are good games, I like it. And when they suck, I don't like it. Like it's, you know, it's pretty much that simple. Um, today, we're going to talk about a pretty good game from the Titans on uh, Friday, not Saturday, the Friday preseason game, the finale in which we saw a whole lot of Malik Willis again, and it was easily his best performance of the preseason. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some final thoughts before the final 53 man roster comes out. Um, if you're listening to this on Monday, then tomorrow, that's Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central is the deadline for NFL teams to have their 90-man rosters cut all the way down to 53. And that has already begun around the league as we've seen a number of names already cut this weekend. The Titans, a handful of guys already off the roster. Nobody's surprising. All guys that we were expecting to be gone, and they're starting with the easy ones, and uh, they're going to work their way up to the more interesting battles, which we'll talk about um, in a moment. But all of that and then some Titans news to cap off a pretty mundane uh, Monday show, but it's going to be, you know, this is the calm before the storm. Tuesday's live show will be a lot of fun. We'll be coming on live Tuesday afternoon, like we typically do, recording our Wednesday show, and it'll be just in time, essentially. As soon as we know the 53 man roster, we're going to come on and talk about that and um, what we know, what we uh, learned about how the Titans view themselves and how the Titans brass view their players. It's always fascinating to spend really the past month. As, as a media group and as fans evaluating these this team through our lens and trying to figure out who we would keep. And then there's always somebody that you're surprised that the, the team views differently than you did all along. And so we'll talk about that on Tuesday. But today, let's start with a little bit of a recap from the preseason game on Friday. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail here. You know, it's it's been a whole weekend since then. I know people don't care a ton about what exactly happened, but I want to talk about a couple of the key players in that game, what they may have done for their status on this team. And the, and the first is Malik Willis, obviously. Um, first of all, the Titans 
the game itself was kind of miserable to be at for everybody that was out in the stadium. Luckily, in the press box, we had air conditioning. But I know for a fact that when you stepped outside, it was it was an air fryer in Nissan Stadium. It was a disaster. Um, it was, I think, one degree shy of the hottest game on record at Nissan Stadium, which I refuse to believe. Um, the humidity was making it 10 times worse. And so miserable to just exist in the stadium. But from a fan perspective, a pretty exciting game because the Titans, as far as preseason games go, kind of walloped the Patriots. They outgained them 368 to 79 yards. Uh, the defense looked really, really good. First team defense got some run for the first time in the preseason. And they looked, uh, well, they looked like a, a first team defense going up against a lot of backups. And you had some guys like Danico Autry absolutely murdering. I mean, just it's it, it was it was. You know, it's messy in the in the MLS. It's it's uh, it's LeBron in the G League. It's Patrick Mahomes in the XFL. Like that's what um, putting a monster like Danico Autry out there against backup offensive linemen looks like. And you got to see some of that, which was certainly fun. It was an enjoyable time. And uh, like I mentioned before, Malik Willis put on his best show of the preseason. Now, I saw some people going as far as to say it was the best we've ever seen as Malik as a pro. I'd, I'd probably pump the brakes on that in terms of a total game. Certainly some of his best flashes as a pro, I'd agree. Um, and maybe that second half was his best half as a pro, I'd agree there. But he did put the ball on the ground a couple of times or, or turn you know turn the ball over a handful of times. Finished with a stat line of, um, well, his full preseason, just so we can get the, the full totality out there. 485 yards through three games, really two and a half when he split the first with Will Levis. Um, 62 attempts, three passing touchdowns, and four interceptions. I believe he had roughly 100 yards rushing and another rushing, another touchdown uh, on his, on the ground with his legs to add to that total. So four total touchdowns, four total interceptions, and nearly 500 yards passing. Um, a, a good preseason, I'd say, overall for a guy that last year a lot of people had given up on JT, and we told people, let's pump the brakes, let's see if he can develop, and he showed a lot of things in terms of his development this preseason that I think has have some people not back in, but certainly not as out as they were. And I think that that is appropriate. Um, but but it brings up the question of, you know, Will Levis, I think a lot of people were expecting him to win that backup job by the end of August. And in the last two weeks, arguably the two most vital weeks for that competition, his injury kept him from being available really unfortunate. And obviously it was the best thing for him to do to not force it. I think that he definitely could have played in the last two games if it mattered, but because it's the preseason, it didn't. And the best thing for him and for the team was for him to rest and not push it. And so that's what they did. And they got to see a lot of Malik Willis instead. But because of that, this is a quarterback backup competition that is really left up in the air. And JT, we were talking about this in July about how we were expecting this QB two competition down the stretch in August to end with a whimper to end anticlimactically because there's not really any incentive for the team to name a backup at this point. Like I think it's going, I think I have always thought and I continue to think it is going to be a two a two B situation with Will Levis and Malik Willis up until one of them is needed in a game and, or, you know, somebody takes a significant leap behind the scenes in practice, but that's certainly yet to be seen. We've not seen that from either guy. And so 
there's no point in, I mean, the, the depth chart will come out when the 53 man roster is finalized and maybe one will be listed above the other. If I had to guess with the Titans, they'll put Malik above will both in terms of his health and availability at this moment. And because they tend to defer to their veterans over the young guys, even when the young guys are arguably more talented. So I think that's what it's going to be like. Yes. Maybe Malik is the two and will is the three on the list. Functionally, I think there are two A, two B. And in terms of who is the actual backup, if in week two, God forbid, Ryan Tannehill goes down with an injury and you need somebody to come in, I think it's going to be really situational at first. I think it's going to be, you know, Will Levis is our better option in terms of keeping the established game plan. If you'd game planned that week for a Ryan Tannehill-led offense, Will Levis is the, the least invasive surgery there in terms of a replacement for him. He can operate an offense much more similarly um, to to Ryan Tannehill than Malik Willis can. Not not a knock on Malik Willis, just the, the reality of their games. And we saw last year when Malik Willis was put into situations where they needed him to act like Ryan Tannehill, and it was you know it didn't work. It's not it's not his game, and so I don't think that's how they'll they'll do that. But if you know Ryan Tannehill gets hurt midweek, and then you you see a week long of prep, and you need one of those guys to be the be the guy that week, it wouldn't shock me if, especially early on in the season, they chose Malik that week and they game planned around him and his ability and went into a, a game with him as the star, starter that week instead of Will Levis. So I think it's going to be situational. I think it's going to be 2A, 2B for the foreseeable future. And I, I as, as, wrong, as long as Ryan Tannehill is, is healthy, I don't see this, this team, it, Mike Vrabel, feeling like his hand is forced in picking who is going to be that guy. Two clips from Mike Vrabel that I want to share, the first of which is from the game itself, and this is what he had to say about Malik Willis, who started out really, really tough. I mean, he had just 22 yards passing through one quarter, had already uh, turned the ball over once by that time, I think, uh, turned the ball over again later in the game on a ball that I, I believe was tipped at the line of scrimmage, but he battled back, and Mike Vrabel was a big fan of that. Here's what he had to say. Love the way that he competed. Loved it. And, uh, you know, got to eliminate the the mistakes. I, I think that the one, you know, there to Josh, I thought that the protection kind of dictated that that throw and that miss. Um, and then the other one, you just have to make a better decision. But love what he was able to do um, after that and, and just competed and, and finished and looked, kept his eyes downfield and you know, got to take care of the football. The second clip is from Mike Ribble's press conference on Saturday uh, following the game after the day after the game, that is. And he was asked about the backup quarterback position, the battle between Levis and Willis. And if there was any finality there as the preseason has come to a close, if they feel they've made a decision and here's what he had to say. Um, I don't think so. I don't think, um, you know, as it stands now with Will's availability and you know, we'll get him back this week. Um, but I thought that Malik took a took a big step yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, you know you have the the turnovers. But again, there was um, a lot of cool stuff that happened after that. And I wouldn't say that we were great uh, in front of them. I thought our receivers um, showed up and did did a nice job most of the most of the night. Uh, and Malik has to make some better decisions, and then and we'll see where Will's at here this week. Going to turn our attention now to the offensive line. We saw the most first-team offensive line in this game um, out of all of the preseason matchups. We saw pretty much the first half. The majority of, of that was first-team offensive line 
you did see Daniel Brunskill starting right guard go down with a knee injury, um, went into the locker room at some point, I believe in the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. Um, so he was the, the one guy missing for a, a lot of that run with the ones when they were still in there through 75% of that first half, he went into the locker room and was ruled questionable to return with the knee injury. So not, you know, not sure what the situation is there. We'll find out more this week. Andre Dillard was the, the lone starter, the lone first string lineman to play all the way into the third quarter, which was strange. You had the rest of the starters sit after, I think by the midway point of the second quarter, at the very least, if my memory serves, they were all done except for Dillard. And he continued to play and play and play until halftime. And then after halftime, came back out and played another series or two, uh, maybe just one, but at least one series in the third quarter at left tackle. Very strange. I asked Mike Rabel about this in the press conference after the game. He gave a a very short answer, um, a very clear answer. Um, he, he said that that was a head coach's decision and had nothing else to add to that. Um, so that read to me, like it was either something that, well, obviously it was something that was a, I don't want to talk about that. We're not talking about this answer. Um, maybe it was a punishment. I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm not, that's just speculation. Perhaps it was punishment. Perhaps it was just him wanting to see more from a guy that he you know, wants to push to be better than he's been or more consistent than he's been. Or maybe it was simply that the player wanted to play more and he and Andre agreed for him to play more of the game. Like, I'm not sure. It's one of those things. But that's certainly something we're going to continue to monitor. Overall, the group, I think it was probably their worst showing of the preseason. Not bad. But it was it was the worst overall in the game um, from from my vantage point in in the first quarter in particular, there just was no running room. They, they were not getting any push in the run game. And it was showing with Ty J Spears and Julius Chestnut, who have proven themselves to be highly capable backs this preseason. Losing yardage a lot of the time they were trying to run the ball in the first quarter. And that was discouraging. They kind of settled in a little bit and, and they they were gritty in the in the pass protection game. I think that was uh, the better of the two halves of their game. And certainly there were some um, plays that they made there against a, a, a good and, and crafty uh, New England defensive front. I think that that was the more impressive element of their game. Certainly not great, but but better than their their run blocking. Mike Ribble was asked about this on Saturday, and he uh, had some choice words about the consistency from this offensive line group. Here's what he had to say on his offensive line. Well, I mean, I think this that group, you know, as a whole, you know, we, we have to we have to start better, you know, and, and we need to you know make sure that we're we're improving, and whether we game plan for the what New England was in, that's. It doesn't matter. We need to go out and play better and use our rules and, and block better and you know, finish better. So I would say that that entire group has to um, have a big week. A couple other players before we move on to the news or to uh, some 53-man roster talk and then the news. Um, two guys. One is Kyrus Jackson. He he His preseason game in, in the third week probably changed my mind more than any other player on this roster as to what I feel their status is on this final 53 man roster. And it, it really had less to do with how he played and he, and he played well. I mean, he had a touchdown pass made some plays, 
was utilized a lot in the receiving game, but but that's what it was, was his utilization, how the team chose to run him out there was mainly what had me wondering if I, you know, was wrong about him on, on Thursday and Friday last week when I left him out of the final 53-man roster rotation, had Reggie Roberson still in, who I think no player has taken a bigger hit besides Will Levis from Will Levis's injury absence than Reggie Roberson. A lot of his production early in camp was coming from that connection that he and Will had established. And then really Will disappeared, and so did Reggie. And so that that's concerning for his ability to remain on this roster. He's been the guy that I thought was wide receiver six pretty much this whole time up until now. I'm, I'm now wondering if that guy's actually Kyrus Jackson. And it's his special team's ability that's making me wonder that because JT, we've talked about how this team's got to figure out their returner situation. Like they need somebody that's not Kyle Phillips to be their kick returner. And they need somebody to be their punt returner. And they they have struggled to find those guys in recent years. They ran Garrett out there to return kicks and punts pretty much all night on Friday. And, and they even took a timeout at one point to switch out. I think uh, Eric Garrett was in there near the end of the game for a punt return. They took a timeout to switch him out with, with Kyrus Jackson. Like They wanted to see him get as much return action as possible. And he looked good. I felt like he did a pretty good job. Mike Vrabel echoed that sentiment in the in the press conference after the game. But if he's going to be used as a returner, that is a ticket on to this roster. Like, I, I don't know if you can win your job on the last week of training camp and in the last preseason game. Like, I'm not sure that there's like, like we said last week, I, I kind of get the inclination that this front office, this coaching staff has their guys set well before the last week before the buzzer. But if it's possible to get in at the buzzer, I think Kyrus may have done that. I feel like he certainly did his best at the end to to state a case for himself. And so that will be fascinating. It wouldn't shock me at all at this point if he is the wide receiver six. The other guy I want to talk about is Caleb Murphy, who is buzz buzzing, buzzing amongst the Titans faithful, especially online. And people are preemptively pissed off about him potentially not making this roster. And we've been saying it. For a couple of days, a couple of shows in a row now, JT, it won't shock me in the slightest if he is not on this 53-man roster, despite leading the league in the preseason this year in total sacks with four on Friday. He got another one. And from the average fan perspective, I 1,000% understand wanting him, demanding him being on this roster. Like, I get it. But... I, the, the disclaimer I have to give is don't be fooled by just preseason games because a lot of the calculus as to who does and doesn't stay on this team is is done not in front of fans, frankly, you know, on the practice field in front of the media and on a lot of days where the media isn't invited to practice. Like there's a lot that goes on that goes into this. That's not just three 60 minute games that sort of kind of matter, but not really. Um, and And so. I just I, all, I, all I have to say is and, and by the time you're listening to this, if it's not Monday, he may already be on the roster and all this may be useless information. So ignore me if he makes the roster. It won't shock me either way. It won't shock me if he's on, won't shock me if he's off. But just don't be surprised if they don't keep him on the initial 53 man roster and they put him on the practice squad. And to that, many people will say, well, he's not going to make it to the practice squad. That's why you got to keep him. He's not going to clear waivers. Yeah, yeah, he is. I am very, very, very confident that they could get Caleb Murphy through waivers and onto their practice squad should they choose to do that. So that's something to keep in mind. 
Um, a stat just to cap off the preseason itself from Warren Sharp on Tajay Spears, one of our favorite guys to watch and one of the guys that I'm most excited to cover over the coming years. He's so much fun to watch play football and a really great guy to talk to behind the scenes as well. A really great, really great kid. Um, he finished this preseason with 4.73 yards after contact per rush, which is number one out of 54 running backs with over 15 rushing attempts this preseason. 5.3 yards per carry, ninth out of 54 running backs, and plus 0.09 EPA per rush, which is eighth out of 54 qualifying running backs. But it's not just those stats that he puts up, which are great. It's the fact that he put up those stats while facing eight or more men in the box on a staggering 41% of his rushes and seven or more men in the box um, on 82% of his rushes, which both of those numbers well, well above the NFL average, very Derrick Henry esque in that way, his ability to be a plus running back, one of the best running backs in, in a sample size, despite facing the most difficult um, wall of defenders in front of him. And so if that's any indication as to whether or not he fits on this team and fits with Derrick Henry as a compliment, I'm not sure what is some final Thoughts from me on the on the final 53-man roster here before we wrap up and get to the news. There are just a couple of positions I wanted to highlight, which are the hardest, I think, to predict as we go into. And again, this is I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because within 36 hours, this will be irrelevant. We'll know who's on the team. But a couple of, of positions that are difficult. That inside linebacker position, the inside linebacker five, which we've been talking about, is Monty Rice going to make this team? Is he not? I've stand, stood firm on I think he's not going to, but... But, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they do keep him around. I think that that is the biggest name that is on the potential chopping block right now. So is it going to be Rice at that fifth position? Is it Ben Neiman? Is it Luke Gifford, the special teams ace they got from Dallas? Dallas. Chicago? Dallas. Okay. Dallas. From mm -hmm. Dallas this offseason. Any of those guys could be that fifth inside linebacker. The fourth outside linebacker, the, the fourth edge, whether that's Sam O or like we talked about just a moment ago, Caleb Murphy or another UDFA that they spent a lot of money on this offseason, Thomas Rush, who they've been playing more at special teams than Caleb Murphy. It could be any of those guys, and that would not shock me. Um, wide receiver six, we've talked about a ton. Is that going to be um, is that going to be uh, 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 Reggie Roberson? Is that going to be um, Kiaris Jackson? Or is it going to be one of the guys that they have reason to potentially keep around like like Colton Dowell, who they spent their seventh round pick on. I think any of those three guys could be that person. Mason Kinsey, not out of the race entirely for that spot. But I, if, if that was who they went with, I'd be kind of surprised by that. I, I No, not kind of. I would be pretty surprised by that. So I don't think that's going to happen, but we will see. Tight end four or five. Still not sure how many they keep. And depending on that number, who they do keep. I, I'm pretty confident Sam O is on this roster, but he still can technically sit in that international spot. You mean Thomas Odakoya? Or sorry, what did I say? Sam, Sam O. o. Yeah. Sam O. Yeah. Thomas. Too too long. Thomas O. Yeah. Not Sam O. Thomas O. Thomas Odakoya, the international player who we we've been really really fond of and surprised by his development this offseason. They still can technically keep him in their, in that international spot, JT. And as long as they're not on the fifty three man roster, that's an exception. So like it's if you if you keep him on the the fifty three. You don't get a 54th with him as the international player. But on the practice squad, you only get 16 guys. You can keep a 17th as that international player slot, and he can slot in there and, and be kept in that way. So 
that's the only thing that really gives me pause as to whether or not they keep him. They may feel that they can stash him in that way and find better value in, in that way, continuing to develop him. But at what point do you say, okay, he's developed. He's a plus player. Let's put him on the roster so he can play the football games. I think we're there. I think that they think that they're there, but we're not sure for sure yet. We'll find out on Tuesday. Um, Alize Mack still on the bubble. I think that he's a lock for them to try to put on the practice squad, but does he make the actual roster? I still want to say yes. I still want to say they keep five and that he's on there. But again, it won't shock me if they just keep four. We'll have to see. And then Kevin Rader is probably the number one guy that will be most annoying to me if he makes this roster. I think he's still in contention because he's a guy the Titans know. He's a, a stalwart blocker. He's a veteran. He's a guy that they trust. Like It'd be such a Titans move for them to keep him on this roster. And it will annoy the fool out of me if they keep him over Thomas Otakoya or Alize Mack. Both of those guys belong in over Raider, in my opinion. And then the last position, defensive line five, the fifth defensive lineman, whether that is Jaleel Johnson or Dwumfor or um, uh, Jones, any of those three guys could be in the in the running for that position. And, and that's one. If you, if you ask which one I'm least confident about, it's probably that one. I, I really have no idea. Flip a coin, throw a dart. One of those three guys will get the spot, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know which one. So all of those uh, five positions, tight end four or five, wide receiver six, defensive lineman five, outside linebacker or edge four, and inside linebacker five are the, the five positions, I think, most difficult to diagnose. And I think if you asked anybody, that would be the case. I know Mike Herndon tweeted about this earlier today as well, and he agreed those were the top five most difficult positions to, to narrow down. And so we'll, we'll have to find out on Tuesday, but um, that's all from me today. A lot of news to get to. So without further ado, let's get to the news with producer JT. Yeah. Let's talk about the guys who the Titans have already cut or waived uh, earlier today as we were recording this on Sunday. So they are now, um, I see we have five listed, but six total here that they have mm -hmm. cut or released starting with offensive tackle, Zach Johnson, uh, interior offensive lineman Jimmy Murray, not to be confused with Justin Murray, still yes. in contention here. Uh, defensive back Alonzo Davis, wide receiver Gavin Holmes, and tight end Justin Rigg, as well as uh, kicker Michael Badgley. Michael Badgley. Longtime hot read podcast legend Michael Badgley. Yeah. No longer on the team. His second stay with the team, a short one, which now leaves the Titans without a kicker. Kickerless. They are kicker less JT. And we're going to talk a lot about some options here in a moment. Some, some news on some different guys they may can bring in, but um, yeah, not, not great, but also not, ex not unexpected. We were expecting as soon as they brought him in last week that he would not be long for this team. And he is in fact, not long for this team. And obviously like they gave him a shot and I don't think he could have had a worse shot, like in an actual <laughs> game. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, not good. From watching the kicks, like the, the one that one went in, wide, which doink one in, no, one went no bonus wide left. And I mean, like just sailed shank left. Yeah. Left. Shank, it was, shank left, it was not very sure. good. Um, did not have a good showing whatsoever from no. coming into camp. So, um, he is gone. So as, as we've been talking about the, the kicker, uh, for the Tennessee Titans is most likely on a different team, but that Flynn doesn't Pickens, mean but yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're the only team out there looking for a kicker. No, they will have competition oh, yeah. in this market, as it was uh, reported earlier today that the 49ers rookie Jake uh, kicker Jake Moody, who they by the way spent a third round pick on 
this past draft season. Yeah, a as top a 100 right, pick, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he has a, a right quad injury, and then veteran Zane Gonzalez is also expected to miss a few weeks with a calf strain. So they are also kickerless and will be in the market for one to get them by as they recover from injury. Well, and maybe, so, maybe get them by, maybe to start, because I don't know if you paid any attention to Jake Moody in the preseason before he got hurt. Not, I think him getting hurt great. kind of merciful that he got hurt, frankly, because yes. it was going really, really poorly for the top drafted kicker, a top 100 third round pick kicker, which was crazy at the time and now looks even more uh, insane over there in, in San Francisco. Yeah. So as we alluded to, the kicker might be on somebody else's team currently. And there are three. Um, we'll talk about three guys here that are three kicker battles. I should say, yeah. and then two other guys that we can talk about. But let's start with the kicker battles ongoing. First with the Los Angeles Chargers. Currently, Cameron Dicker and Dustin Hopkins are on the, the Los kicker. <laughs> are on the Los Angeles Chargers right now, battling it out. Um, so last season for Cameron Dicker, and I believe this goes by um Field goals made and then field goals and extra points. points. Yep. So uh, Cameron Dicker was 21 of 22 last season uh, in field goals and 24 of 24 for his extra points. This preseason was four for four and five for five, respectively. And easily then the best kicker on this list, by the way, of the, of the six guys we're about yes. to talk about. He's the best kicker and the one that I'd be floored if he's available. I, I, I'll be shocked if he's not kept by the Chargers because he's very good. And then Dustin Hopkins last season, nine of 10 from field goals and 12 of 12 on extra points. This preseason, he was two of two for field goals and three of three for extra points. So also a good option. A pretty good option there. Yep. And then also in New England, so a team that was just here has a we kicker battle him. ongoing. Uh, Nick Folk versus uh, Ryland. I forget what his first name is. I'll um, find it, but you can talk about but the stats. Nick Folk here Chad last Ryland. season. Chad Ryland. Uh, Nick Folk went 32 of 37 last season from for field goals and then 32 of 35 for extra points, including in the preseason, one field goal made out of one attempt and then two extra points made on the two Patriots attempts. have not done much scoring this preseason. So unfortunately, no. not, not a lot of recent data on their guys. Um, and then uh, Chad Ryland, who was a fourth round rookie drafted this season, is two of two for extra points. So could be an interesting uh, acquisition there, but also kind of unproven um, in that unproven, New England. But, but again, a, a draft, a fourth round draft pick, also very, high, very highly drafted, great college pedigree. Um, and from what we hear at camp, it's been very heated. And he's a guy that in camp has been making everything. So definitely an option if they, and I, again, I'm, I'm guessing they're leaning towards Ryland being the one cut because folk is a more known commodity, but um, keep an eye on Chad Ryland for sure. Definitely interested though um, to spend such a high capital on him with Isn't a fourth it? round pick, right? When you have a guy in Nick Folk too. Yeah. I, that's interesting. But, um, and then the new Orleans kicker competition here, who they will Blake face group and will Lutz. Yes. They will face, it, maybe one of the kickers finds their way to Tennessee and the other one's on they New Orleans and they meet in week one in New Orleans, one way they or could. another. Right. Of course, Blake group is a 2023 undrafted free agent who has gone three for three from field goals this uh, preseason and then made one extra point on one attempt. And of course, Will Lutz, a kind of more known commodity, although had a pretty rough season last year. Um, yeah. He had a pretty rough season going 23 of 31 for field goals last season, mm -hmm. but making all of his 33 extra point attempts this preseason, he's gone four for four on field goals and 
two for two of extra points. So out I of those six guys, by the way, on Lutz, sorry, just to cut you off real quick. I want to say last year, yes, he didn't have a good year, but if my memory is not just making things up at this point, I feel like he tried, they had him try a number of like bonkers long kicks that never had a chance. And so that kind of hurt his average, but yeah. Considering Andy Dalton was playing for most of the season, like they probably not, had a couple probably of long attempts. Yeah. Probably like 64, 65 yarders, like way back. I'm positive like, to there was the game at least or something. It was like 66. And I turned my television on to it and was like, what, what are we doing out here? <laughs> what, huh? Excuse me. <laughs> um, but like you said, probably Cameron Dicker is the top guy on that list, but out of the other guys, what is your next best option out of those? I find Hopkins fascinating. Uh, the, the guy that I think is going to lose to Dicker up there in L.A. Um, I think that Hopkins and Ryland are the two most most likely to be available in the coming days. Uh, Ryland losing out to Nick Folk in New England and Hopkins losing out to Cameron Dicker in L.A. I think they, they are both certainly worth like that. They're both better than what you got, which is nothing. So bring them both in, you know, see, see what happens. Um, you got to get somebody in here and quickly. I think Hopkins is is my first choice just because we we've seen he he played last season nine of ten from from uh, range last year this preseason he's been perfect on five kicks so certainly more more on paper to show us than Ryland ha, has shown us but I expect if he's available to probably have some like like you mentioned at the top some real competition for these guys from other teams around the league that need a kicker. And then finally, two, uh, I should say, very much older veterans that are still Wait, on the market. Total different end of the spectrum here. Will Lutz yes. end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yes. Will Lutz towards the end. Mason Crosby, who kind of put out a Titans fan thirst trap today of sorts. Kind of. Did um, put out a Titans fan thirst trap. In, in which he uh, was in Nashville saying, hey, guys, I'm ready to kick again. And Not was just in Nashville. Off, um, showing off his kicking abilities. Showing off the kicking abilities at the uh, Brentwood High School football field, my alma mater. God bless and go Bruins. Um, good to see him. I know that I know that he lives around here. He lives in Brentwood, um, and he's continuing to stay in shape. I know on that video he nails a sixty yarder. So worth you know, kick the tires, see what happens. If if none of these young guys are of your liking, uh, Titans front office. But I think that he is of these two veterans. He's the one worth kicking the tires on. This next guy, I'm gonna really caution folks to continue to call his name. And a lot of people have called his name today. And that is longtime veteran Robbie Gold, who is another option still out there. And people are making this. I think this is lazy on a lot of people's part because the connection is, oh, Rand Carthon came from San Francisco. Robbie Gold, longtime San Francisco 49er legend kicker. You know, there's a connection there. Bring him in. That is the very reason why you should at this point be out on him, in my opinion. He's been available this whole time. Back when Rand first got hired, he was available. Do you not think Robbie Gold is a guy that Rand Carthen has passed on already because he, because he was in San Francisco? He knows what Robbie Gold is right now and knows that's not it. Like he, this the same reason that as Diana Rossini reported a couple of days ago, Rand Carthen and the Titans straight up passed on a potential trade uh, discussion with Trey Lance early on in the in the offseason because again Rand knew what knew what was up knew what they had in Lance and just said I'm good I think the same thing has probably happened with Nate uh, with uh Robbie Gold already like I think by by now that connection would have been been used if there was something there and I think that Rand probably knows there's nothing there he you know he's he's done it's over and and so I think that that folks need to quit calling that 
that comparison or that that connection out because I think that the the writing's on the wall. If you read the tea leaves on that one, it, it's not a great situation, I don't think. Yeah, and that's going to do it for our news today. All right, that is JT with the news. Thank you, JT. And that is it for us today. A shorter episode, but saving some energy, saving some time in your feed for you to make sure you can listen to our big boy episode on Tuesday when we're talking about the Titans roster cut down as well as any other news that happens to come across the timeline. I'll be back at practice on Monday and and Tuesday. I no to, no we're off Tuesday, so back on Monday. Um, we'll get to talk to some guys in the locker room. Last chance to talk to a lot of these guys before a number of them are unfortunately cut. Just a PSA to folks. Um, this is the the next. Thing. You've probably seen this from other people in the league, but it's important to note the next three ish day, two ish days in the NFL is the most difficult for most of the players and the GMs and the coaches. You know, every roster has to cut thirty what thirty. Uh, 37 guys um, by Tuesday afternoon, which means something like 1,200 players around the league are going to be without a job. Now, about 500 of them will be signed back to practice squads, which, which is the good news. But for the other five or 600 guys, th- it's going to be a massive setback in their dream, in their career. And so just like, don't be, just don't be a dick, you know, don't tag athletes that are, that got cut on, on social media or stomp on their grave or, you know, like just, it, it's, it's a tough time. These are people. They're not like, you got to remember, they're not just athletes. They're not just widgets on your screen. They're not Madden characters. They're real people. So uh, be kind um, as people are, you know, losing a lot of their jobs in the coming days. But that, that somber note aside, we are excited to find out who the final 53 man roster is. And we can finally talk about the real team that is the Tennessee Titans in 2023. Um, until then, just a couple of things. Our fantasy league, JT locked and loaded more, more interest than we thought. We thought we were going to do a 10 man league. We're doing a 14 man league. Cause we had 12 buddies say, let's do it. Um, those of you that are, are joining us looking forward to drafting sometime this week, we'll, we'll get in contact with you guys behind the scenes. Make sure to check your DMS or however you contacted us. We'll contact you back that same way through that same channel to talk about getting maybe a group chat set up, getting our league set up and drafting at some point this week. Looking forward to that. Make sure to follow us on social media at Hot Read Pod on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. That's where you're going to find us, uh, all of our content from the show, clips, as well as information on when we're going live. If you want to join the conversation and be a part of that during the week, make sure you are checking out Zen Sportsbook, which is the newest sports betting option here in the state of Tennessee. We are partnered with them. Our promo code is Hot Pod. Special sign up bonus when you sign up with. Sign up code HOTPOD, H-O-T-P-O-D, 5% cash back bonus on all of your betting volume in your first 15 days. And then after that 15-day welcome bonus period, 3% cash back on all of your betting volume forever. That's 3, 3% cash back on your wins, on your losses. It's all cash back in your pocket. As a thank you for Zen Sportsbook for giving them a try. And we are really fond of the people over there and their app, their product. So give it a, give it a try. Zen Sportsbook. Do your betting in the NFL this season with Zen Sports. All right, JT, that's it for us today. For producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. We'll be back Tuesday afternoon recording our Wednesday morning show. Until then, this has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.